Hello and welcome back to another episode of the IBC Podcast, where we sit down and dive deeper into our messages as well as talk about what's going on in the life of our church. Welcome back to the IBC Podcast. My name is Jared. I am the Creative Arts and Worship Minister here at IBC. And today we are finally diving back into the book of Ezra. Uh, we've got Mr. Aaron Fulbright, actually Dr. Aaron Fulbright, sorry. Yeah, um, thank you. We, yeah, Dr. That. Aaron Fulbright over here. Um, for uh, he, he picked us back up in Ezra 7 after we took a, a three-week hiatus. Um, excited to be back into the book of Ezra. Um, uh, and excited to talk with Aaron today about uh, Ezra chapter 7. Before we get there, though, it's time for everybody's probably not favorite part of their podcast that we're probably just wasting people's time. But uh, with our top three categories, uh, Aaron, today's top three category. What are the top three cities that you want to visit in the world? Um. Okay. Number one, not number one. Number three, gotta work from the bottom. Yeah. Up. Number three, I think will be would be Jerusalem. Okay. Everything that entails that. Want to go to Israel? Check yeah. that out. We were supposed to go with the church in February. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But with our baby now due in a few weeks, yep. she would be. Uh, like six months old, yeah, five months tough. old. We decided that probably wasn't the smartest choice as parents, um, yeah. either to bring her or to leave her. Right. Um, and then, uh, but it's a good sacrifice. Yeah. Um, second would be London. I've okay. been to London before. It was on a mission trip. Um, so we didn't really like do touristy things. Do London. We did a few things, but right. I was also a sophomore in high school and was uh, didn't really understand like. Quick, quick story. When I was in London, um, we went to the British Museum. Didn't understand what that meant and what that entailed. Now I know, like it's probably the greatest museum in the world. Yeah, was in there for about a couple of minutes, and I walked out, went to Starbucks, and sat there um, <laughs> while everyone else did the the, the, yeah. the tour. Um, yes, I'm I'm kicking myself. And then uh, lastly, number one, I want to go to Tokyo. I think. Okay. I I think Japan looks absolutely <laughs> incredible, um, and. Uh, I love sushi, and yeah. I just think like the t- technological advancements that you hear about and see They're that they have. Ahead of yes, the I just want to like experience that for a yeah. period of time. Yeah, yeah, that would be wild. I went to Asia for the first time ever this summer, and uh, it was not anywhere <laughs> near as <laughs> yeah. upscale as Tokyo. Yeah. But but man, I, I really enjoyed my time in uh, in. Uh, in Asia, and yeah. I, I definitely would have some Asian cities in my top three as well. So you picked us up in Ezra 7, mm-hmm. uh, and last week's episode, if you guys uh, did not catch last week's episode, you are not not don't quite remember what's going on in the book of Ezra. Uh, la- if you look at last week, we have, uh, we have an episode out right now that is a recap of what we've seen so far in Ezra one through six, and so uh, if it, it, it it's a great idea to go and listen to that and kind of get caught up on where we're at if you don't remember. But otherwise, today we're going to jump into uh, Ezra chapter seven, and because of because it's a lengthy text and all of that, um, uh, we're not going to read it uh, like we normally would on. Uh, on these podcasts, uh, we're just going to jump right into our discussion. Um, so, Aaron, uh, can you kind of give us a quick little summary of what uh, what you preached 
uh, preached on through Ezra 7. Yeah, so we followed a different style of outline. I think we'll talk a little, a little bit about that, but yeah. really focusing on the sufficiency of Scripture and how Ezra is charged to go back to, I say go back to, this is the first time he's going to um, Jerusalem, but to go to Jerusalem and to uh, lead the people to understand the law of God and then to obey it. And so we saw in the passage how Ezra had the character, the commitment um, to God's word, and then uh, now he's going back to, to teach them. Yeah, that's awesome. So you already mentioned it a little bit, uh, and you talked about it in your sermon as well. Um, but can you talk about how you approached uh, this sermon a little different than normal? Yeah, so I mean, whenever I was preparing for this sermon, I was bouncing around different ideas to, to, to focus on and Initially, it was I wanted to compare Ezra with Artaxerxes and the characters that they have, and um, which was kind of the last point I made in the content part of the sermon. Um, but since the focus of that sermon was on the sufficiency of Scripture and really kind of the highlight verse of Ezra, really maybe the book of Ezra, it's Ezra 710, um, for Ezra had set his heart to say the law, to do it, and to, to teach it. Um, and what I wanted to do was to give our church some tools on how to have a Bible study. You know, over the years we've taught different Bible study methods, but I still think there are times in our lives where we just don't have the confidence to really sit down and read scripture. And so I wanted to preach the sermon in a way that helps our members really, um, have a practical approach to how they're study, they study their Bible as well as understand the importance and sufficiency of Scripture. Yeah. What's happening in the book of Ezra right now? So Ezra chapter 7 um, takes place about 80 years uh, after Ezra chapter 1, uh, or after Ezra chapter 6. So they finish the temple in Ezra chapter 6, and the people are just now living in Jerusalem, right? They offer sacrifices, they kind of do what they know to do with the Jewish law, but somehow, we don't see it, but somehow word gets to Ezra that they still don't fully understand the law, there's still some sinfulness going on, um, and so Ezra prays the Lord, seeks the Lord, and, and asks for permission um, from Artaxerxes to return to Jerusalem to teach the people, and so Artaxerxes give him, gives him permission, so Ezra's going to return and uh, he's going back primarily to teach the Word of God. And in the coming weeks, chapter 8, we're going to look at the actual return, what goes on whenever he's coming back, and then the last week of our series, look at chapters 9 and 10 and the uh, internal conflict, sinfulness of the people, and what they do to restore the nation. Yeah. So we've, we've done our background work uh, so far, um, diving into... What you uh, some of the main points from your sermon? Um, one of the things you talked about uh, is the importance of hearing the author's intent in our study mm-hmm. and not just what I get out of it. Yeah. While both are important, why is the author's intent more important? Well, the uh, the author's intent is the reason why we have that chapter or have that book, right? Um, whenever those those the authors of scripture are writing their specific books. Yes, they are completely inspired by the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit's also using their context and culture to teach those truths. And so in doing that, you know, Ezra in our book or 
Paul, Peter, whoever it is, whenever they're writing their book, they're writing that book for a specific purpose to teach certain truths, right? Um, and so the, the, the Bible isn't this like magic book where it just kind of has words on a page and whenever you read it, you just happen to get something out of it that you need, right? There is a purpose in everything that is being written. And so we need to discover what that purpose is. And then the question we answer is how does the author's purpose now apply to my life? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when it gets maybe not subjective, but more, um, when, whenever you can draw different, different applications than, than someone else. Yeah. You talked about when you were younger, um, you knew the Bible was important, um, but you didn't know what to do with it. Uh, what are some practical steps that someone can take uh, who finds themselves in a similar situation? So read it. Um, you know, I don't want us to think that just because we don't have n proper tools and we don't really know how to read scripture, we just don't, right? Um, you know, some of us who are perfectionists, sometimes the mindset is if I can't do it well, I don't want to do it at all. And we we don't want that mindset when it comes to the Bible. Um, so first off, just read it and trust the Lord's going to teach you anyways. Um Number two, I think just finding good, simple books that help you to have a Bible study. Mm -hmm. uh, that was something that I sought after that. I remember getting, I think my junior year of high school, maybe, maybe your senior year, I got this little bitty book about how to study the Bible by John MacArthur. I mean, it wasn't long at all. And I just kind of used that as a framework. Mm -hmm. Didn't really understand really everything, but it kind of helped give a guide. Um, and then... If you know someone who can give you tips, talk to them. Like, I never knew, I knew I should be reading scripture, but didn't understand the importance of deep Bible study. Uh -huh. So I had never asked someone. And I'm sure if I would have gone to my pastor, student pastor, or just a leader of my church, and would have said, Hey, will you teach me how to read the Bible? They absolutely would have done it. But because I never took the initiative, I never really got that experience. You know, sometimes we don't, we just expect someone to teach us when we need to take the initiative to, to learn. Yeah, that's good. Um, you mentioned Ezra uh, chapter 7, verse 10, where uh, he kind of lays out this, this order um, of interacting with God's word. Um, uh, and you talked about how sometimes we try to do God's word before we study or we try to teach before we do. Um, why is that order important and why is that something to take note of? So first off, you can't do correctly or teach correctly what you don't know correctly, right? And so right. study obviously is a, is a first step to that. Um, but then second, you know, we know people who tried to teach certain ideas or truths or what they think to be truths, um, but they don't ever put that into practice, right? And if if... If your parents are always like, "Hey, you need to w drive or wear your seatbelt whenever you drive," mm -hmm. um, or "You need to pay your taxes whenever you get older," or um, you know, whatever it, it might be, but they don't do those things, you can kind of think, "Well, maybe I don't really need to do that, right?" Like they say, "Wear your seatbelt," but I don't ever see them wear my seatbelt, so why why should I wear it? Like you know, they tell me to pay my taxes, but I know they're not paying their taxes. So, and they're getting away with it. So maybe I can also get away with it. And so the mindset is that since they're not actually doing it, maybe they don't really believe it. And so when yeah. we do what we know, it reinforces to the other, to other people that we really believe yeah. what, uh, 
what we say. And, and, and essentially what the scripture is after is molding our character to mimic Jesus, right? Yeah. And so if, if we don't have that character that mimics Jesus, then how can we teach someone else that they need to have that character that mimics Jesus? Yeah, that's great. Finally, uh, you kind of talked about um, allowing ourselves to be used by God as Ezra did. Um, you, you, you talked about a subtle difference between where you talked about how we're all going to be used mm-hmm. by God, regardless of, of, uh, our willingness. Um, but how do we go from being someone God happens to use to being someone who seeks to be used? Yeah. So one phrase that, um, my mentor friend, Scott Pace used to be at OBU now is at Southeastern seminary. I used to always say was, don't pray for God to use you, pray to, that God will make you usable. And what he means by that is kind of what I was getting after uh, in that last that point in that sermon, where to be, to be used by God is simply God making the decision to use you in his plan, right? Yeah. He's going to do that. But to be usable is to submit yourself and wanting to be used by God, right? It's not happenstance, but you're seeking after the Lord and hoping that the Lord is going to use you. And so what what I think that looks like is is every day making the effort to pursue Mm -hmm. the Lord, right? Um, You know, whether it's in, in your Bible study, in your prayer time, or just looking at opportunities throughout your day and talking with the Lord and just asking God, hey God, in this situation at my work or God, during our vacation or whatever it may look like in our church this morning, God, give me a chance to maybe love someone who doesn't feel loved or yeah. to encourage someone who feels discouraged. That even if I don't know the specifics of what's going on in someone's life, God, just help me help me be aware of maybe certain needs that other people won't won't realize. And so yep. it's not just, you know, unbeknownst to you, you're blessing people, but it's God, I want to seek you and in seeking you, I want to help. Other yeah, people. That's great. If you had two minutes more to preach on Sunday, how would you have spent them? Um, I wish I would have talked a little bit more, and I think I'll get to when I look at chapter eight this week, um, a little bit more about the journey back, specifically um, the commitment of Ezra to teach. Because uh, you got to think that, you know, Ezra is, he's 900 miles away in Babylonia. Uh, compared to being in Jerusalem, it's a four-month journey from one city to the other, and it's not an easy journey, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you you see the commitment that Ezra really had to teach the people. He yeah. had prayed about it, sought the Lord, and then he got the courage to go to King Artaxerxes, asked for permission to return, and then he's going to return. And I and I just envision. You know, moments of discouragement, moments of this is a tall task. Um, maybe halfway through, he's thinking, is this even worth it? I don't mm-hmm. know what it's going to be like when I get back to Jerusalem. Um, but he's he's faithful in that. And so when we think of, you know, kind of the timeline of Scripture, we forget the massive gaps of time between chapters. Mm-hmm. And Ezra, because of what the Lord's doing in his life, was faithful to God even though it required difficulty and change. It wasn't just he was going to go on the weekend and help people out and then go back home. Like right. He was picking up his life and completely moving it. Yeah, that's good. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for your time. Uh, 
We're excited to be back in the book of Ezra. We're going to pick it up again next week and the week after. We've only got two sermons left uh, as we wrap up Ezra. And then we are excited to have Dr. Jeff DiGiacomo coming uh, to serve as our pastor here. His first Sunday will be September 11th, and we're so excited uh, for that. We also have so many things going on right now as we're getting back into the swing of things uh, as school picks back up. And we would love for you to come and join us. Uh, and worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9.45, and 11. You can see all about the events going on here at IBC by going to ibcshawneeorg slash events. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>